Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Portions of Oilers Now brought to you by World Floor Carvings. Tell them Oilers Now sent you. Receive two times the air miles, reward miles on your flooring purchases at World World Floor Coverings. World Floor Coverings, where they know a lot about hockey and a lot about flooring. And it's the best pizza in the city, still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza is Edmonton-owned and operated for 48-plus years. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza, the Mediterranean chicken. Also, got to love the meat lovers. Visit royalpizza.ca for a location nearest you. Can't but, say chicken when Speck's coming on, Bob. Well, well, I've seen Speck play hockey, and he plays like a bit of a chicken, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Just kidding. Here we go. This text comes in saying, cracks me up hearing all these fans saying, let's go get Trent Yanni. Guaranteed he's just a name to them, like they really know how good of a coach Yanni is ridiculous. Well, you know what? Uh, two of the three years that Trent Yanni was an assistant with Todd McClellan in San Jose, he had a top five penalty killing unit in the NHL. The last three years in Anaheim, uh, Trent Yanni uh, coached the uh, penalty killing. They finished first, fourth, and fifth in PK. So that's uh, not a bad track record. Was with the Chicago Blackhawks as an uh, assistant or a head coach uh, transition and a head coach of their AHL team before becoming a head coach of their NHL team and was uh, an assistant for a number of years in uh, or an AHL head coach for a few years with the uh, Ducks organization before being moved up to the big team. He is certainly a legitimate candidate and has an excellent track record on penalty killing and developing young defensemen. So lots of news today uh, and uh, kind enough to make a little bit of time for us. From NHL Hockey and Rogers and Stoffer Inspector, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta out of Nashville, Tennessee, where he's probably got a little bit of a headache today. Uh, we welcome back to the show, courtesy of Horse Racing Alberta. Again, you can wager in the Kentucky Derby and thoroughbred racing at Northland starting May 5th. Here is Mark Spector. Hello, Spec. How are you? Hiya, Bobby. No headache for me. I've been near the Advil bottle this morning. I lived quite cleanly last night watching some hockey. Well, to, boys, and uh, woke this morning to the interesting news out of Edmonton. And interesting news out of Edmonton and out of Calgary, because you guys finally upgraded your panel. But that's another story. Uh, let's get, I mean, was this kind of the worst? I mean, at any point, did you think that Todd McClellan wasn't coming back as head coach this year? Yeah, no, at no point did I think that. I think we've really been, um, you know, this is one of those stories that's been eking out and eking out for so long. I think we've been pretty clear they were going to replace some some or all of the assistant coaches uh, since late in the season. That clearly is exactly what happened. Uh, I think we were very clear. You certainly made the point that there was a chance they'd make some changes at Bakersfield. I think this is a good place for uh, Woodcroft to go and and begin. uh, You know, I think he's had enough time being uh, uh, NHL coach's right-hand man, and it's time for him to kind of remind me a little bit of... of, um, uh, Campbell, Hugh Campbell's son, uh, Rick Campbell, excuse me, yeah. uh, who spent a lot of time in Edmonton and, and probably too much and finally went out on his own in, in Ottawa and turned out to be a hell of a head coach in the CFL and 
I suspect Jay Woodcroft, uh, once he makes a transitional, uh, there might be a future for him there, no? Well, if there's anybody that's going to have uh, share a same philosophical thread as Todd McClellan, is it not going to be Jay Woodcroft? Yeah, I think that, that you know the owner's development, drafting and development, has been the reason that they've had this run of, of ineptitude for a long time, and and their drafting is getting better, and now development has to get better, and, and there always has been, to me, a disconnect between the farm and uh, what's going on in Edmonton. And I don't watch Bakersfield enough to know if they don't play the same style, but you sure do notice in ice times, sometimes those minor, minor league veterans that you're not looking at developing and that aren't part of the order's future get a lot of minutes, uh, and you get kids down there who don't get enough minutes. So uh, it's not the same place, Bob. You, you coach to develop there, you coach to win here. And I think that getting those two, are, it seems simple that the two organizations should be on the same page. Clearly it hasn't been simple, and I think they probably are, are trying to rectify that. You know, it's funny, Spec, because let's go back, way back, okay? So the Oilers, uh, remember the lockout year when you and me were hosting a show called Total Sports 0405? That was a that was a big year for you and me, because uh, you know we had to come up with a lot of different ideas because we didn't have NHL hockey. No hockey going on. But right? the Edmonton Roadrunners were here. And uh, and then suddenly we came out of the Edmonton Roadrunners and they disbanded uh, the organization once the NHL lockout ended. Right? They just so then the Oilers had a split affiliation for a couple of years, and then you know some of their prospects were getting moved in different places. Then they ended up in Springfield for a couple seasons, which has never been a great place for HL players dating all the way back to when Eddie Shore ran the team uh, back in the day. And then they get to Oklahoma City and Oklahoma City had a a strong ownership take in that uh, relationship. The owners didn't 100% own that team. It was, uh, you know, it was basically owned by uh, the Funk family out of Oklahoma City. And there was a lot of leeway given to the coaches in terms of the type of personnel. The owners committed a lot of money, by the way, on guys in one-way deals. Remember Alex Giroux and guys like that? Yep. And, and, you know, so by the time the owners started to get a lot of draft picks in that 2010, 2011, 2012 range, some of their prospects did get bumped. And then... When we get to Shirelli McClellan, we get into Bakersfield after the Oklahoma City thing comes to an end. The Oilers didn't actually have a lot of second and third round picks for some of those years. They traded some of those picks off, and so they didn't actually have a lot of young forwards that they had to worry about developing down at the farm. And and that's part of the reason why sort of a, a, a tough situation to gauge the work that was done in Bakersfield because they've been all over the map, and they got to find some continuity and some consistency moving forward. Well, look at the two teams that I'm down here covering right now, the Winnipeg Jets and the Nashville Predators. Yes. You know, there's a couple of draft and develop teams. Uh, certainly Nashville has, has run a very steady course. They, they run their kids through Milwaukee. They've drafted well. Their team is, you know, it's an excellent program here. They churn out defensemen uh, that's, you know, like Shea Weber and Seth Jones that may be elsewhere, but they're still products of this regime here. Uh, it's just, and it's frankly, the Oilers have not been that as good as those teams. This is, you know, Winnipeg with, with Cheryl Dayoff and Craig Heisinger. Uh, the Oilers need to get there. And I think with Keith Gretzky, you know, really at the helm of the amateur drafting scene, uh, they've taken a step there because his track record is excellent. And now you need to develop. And you can't have, you know, they shared an AHL team, which everyone knows is a nightmare. Everyone tried it. It was a nightmare for them, too. They were across the continent over in Springfield. That didn't work. They've got a stable situation in Bakersfield, so that's good. You bring a coach down there who's in line with what you do in Edmonton, 
That's good. You got a guy in Gretzky again whose track record says that we can trust him to draft good players. Uh, that's good. So, you know, they're starting to check the boxes off for a team that can start to draft and develop. And, and you know, the problem is when you draft first overall every year, that kid never plays the minors. He shows up on your NHL team right. and throws everything out of whack. So I think what needs to happen here is the Oilers to, you know, play better, draft lower, draft wisely, develop properly, and start to, to get a pipeline. Because, frankly, their, their pipeline is always interrupted. Is that fair? The pipeline, oh, there's no question the pipeline's been interrupted. And there's a possibility that within those forward prospects, Cooper Marodi, who they, they got in the deal with the Flyers out of Michigan, Cameron Habig, who's playing in the Memorial Cup for the Regina Pats, Connor Yamamoto, who might make the Oilers next fall, but is likely to start the season down in Bakersfield, Tyler Benson, who surely will start the season next year in Bakersfield. Like, those guys might be two years away from fully helping. Right, like the, that's the thing. Now, Jay Woodcroft did say something pretty interesting, Mark. He said the priority on his job will be to develop players, and I think you. And he said, and I think you can win that way. And that is. And the other thing is, is Woodcroft in a better position than maybe some of the other head coaches that have been down there? Right, like Jeff Truitt was the coach in Springfield in 08-09. He got canned halfway through the year. Rob Dom, who had been on MACT's staff in 07-08. Rob Dom ends up uh, halfway through 08-09 coming in in 2009-2010 is in Springfield. They don't have very good players. They didn't spend any money. They had poor AHL vets. Well, they, they come up with a, a, a program. Todd Nelson, who was the runner-up for the Oil Kings job, he ends up getting the job in OKC. But Jay Woodcroft's a little bit different of an animal here than uh, than all those guys. Then, um, then you know, then Truitt, then Dom, then uh, Todd Nelson and Jerry Fleming. In the sense that he's coming off the NHL staff, working closely aligned with Todd McClellan who is an experienced veteran coach that comes at a different price point. And I wonder if that works to his advantage in the sense that maybe could he be afforded a little bit more luxury in terms of focusing on uh, development, especially given the fact that the owners have been so poor at it over the last several years? Well, you can't let winning in the AHL come before developing good players. Like, you just can't let that happen. You know, now I get it. You play where they play. I don't even know what Bakerfield's playing these days. They're playing 76 games or something like that. Um, you play your 70-whatever game season, and you've got to develop. Okay, I get it. If you get to playoffs and you get to game seven, maybe you got to shift the veteran guy a little bit more because you need to win that game. That's fine. But you can't let trying to win in Bakersfield be more important than playing Tyler Benson next year, than giving Yamamoto important ice time yep. next year, right? Than, than getting to the bottom of, of, uh, of Caleb Jones and, and, you know, turning him into a player. That's the most important thing. So the pressure can't be taught, uh, or Jay Woodcroft needs to be judged on what kind of player arrives in Edmonton and how ready he is to play Todd's system and to play at this level, not what his record says in the AHL standing. That is completely secondary in my view. We're joined right now by Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Again, we will tell you, you can watch and wager on live racing in the Kentucky Derby, May 5th at Northlands Park. Spec, this is going to be a, an awesome... At- I mean, are these the two best teams in the NHL going at it? Winnipeg and Asheville. Two organizations, by the way, that have always placed developing players ahead of winning at the AHL level. 
Oh yeah, they, these guys are the draft and develop kings. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say, I know that Nashville had 117 points and won the President's Trophy and Winnipeg was second at 114 points. You can't tell me they're the best two teams in the NHL because Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. So, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not counting Pittsburgh out of being in the mix of the best two teams in the NHL. Sorry. However, uh, is this the highest pedigree uh, second-round series? There's no question it is. Uh, is this a, a real cool test of a you know, Nashville team, like, when they go on Nashville, Bobby, they've, let's go back, was it, was it four or five years ago they played Chicago in the first round and lost a, a series that Chicago really was on the ropes, ended up winning a cup that year, uh, probably should have lost to Nashville in round one. So then the Nationals came back and they, they had a bad experience there and they came back and they took it to a couple of second rounds and, and, you know, they won some game sevens, they lost a couple of game sevens, they, won in overtime. They've lost over there. Last year, they go all the way to the cup final and, you know, they get schooled a little bit by Pittsburgh in those games in Pittsburgh. And this team has had all the experiences, right? This this group, uh, you know, the Eckholms and, and all the guys that got playing, even Subban now, and the, the guys here, Peck, Arena, they're, they're deep, they're experienced, they've won, they've lost. There's, there's not much left for these guys than to take it to the end. So, the experience factor in Nashville, you can't throw anything at this club now, Bob, that they haven't seen. Is that right? Yeah, I, yeah, I got to tell you, Mark, I mean, I love their game six. I didn't like their first five games of their series against Colorado. Like, they, to, oh, right? Whereas with Winnipeg, like, they knocked the snot out of the Minnesota Wild in, in basically four of the five games. Like, right? I mean, yeah, hey. Minnesota jumped them in the one game and 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 got them pretty good, but I, I mean, Winnipeg didn't give up a goal in their final two games. And they, yeah, no, but that's it's also you got to say it's easy to win when you're playing real. Not easy to win, but you, when you're playing real well and you win, that's great. When you're Nashville and you don't play very well and you still win, that's when you know uh, you're still pretty good. That's when you know you're still pretty good. They didn't like their first four games either, Bob, or five games, yeah. right? But they played that. They played was it a game six, and they win. Was it five nothing against Colorado? Yeah, uh, in Denver, and absolutely controlled that game. It won. It stemmed this third place. This type of hockey is not going to play. This is going to be an awesome series. Spec. I'm picking Nashville, but I want the Jets to win. Who are you taking? I took the Jets in seven, which is sports writer code for I'm not really sure who's going to win, but it's going to last a long time. See, that's sort of honest. <laughs> that's sort of honesty. I like Spec. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got I got to have some good. fun. With, I, good. I got to have some fun with you here. Uh, I, I know we talked Glenn Galson about two weeks ago on this show. Uh, yep. uh, so maybe he wasn't staying in Calgary. But um, who do you think has a of the three names? Who's the most likely to be on the Edmonton Oilers coaching staff this fall? Ready? Here we go. We'll start with Trent Yanni. Then Glenn Gullitson, then Paul Coffey. Give me a percentage for those three. Uh, Give me a percentage for those three. Well, I think I like Yanni because they they've got the history. But Yanni is also a he is now a career assistant coach. Yeah, a very good one. I mean, I heard you earlier talking about his numbers on the PK and and you know to me how it's always hard to judge an assistant coach. And I think you had a funny text from someone who said fans love Yanni. They don't know what he does, but. Uh, all I know is the defensemen that the Anaheim Ducks have churned out over the last few years, the young defensemen can really play the game. 
And that tells me that Trent Yanni knows how to teach him how to play the game. And that's what I've always heard about him is he's fabulous with young defensemen. His PK numbers stand out. So I think his the chances of, uh, of certainly of Todd wanting him are exceptionally high. And if him ending up here, are, I think are pretty good. Gullitson is still looking around for, yep. you know, he still considers himself a head coach. He's not a career assistant and he doesn't want to become a career assistant. Uh, he's maybe a little overqualified, Bob. Is that fair to be an assistant after the time you spent as a head coach? Sure. And I, so, and, and for co- and for co- just by the way, spec. So for me, I'd say sixty forty, right? Just because I, I don't know what other teams are chasing after Yanni. Uh, for me, because I believe Darren Drager reported multiple teams kicking tires on Gullitson. I'll go maybe twenty percent uh, on Gullitson. Just because the amount of other teams that might be in the mix and the other opportunities and what his own personal desire might be at this time. And he might get a co-coach somewhere, right? right? Where he might not get that here. Right. And and as for Coffee, I mean, he's going to be a developmental coach for the Oilers. I do not see him being on the Oilers staff. So I don't know what you would suggest. I just want to make something clear on Paul Coffee. Like, I think that you would never hear a complaint from me or a criticism from me if Paul Coffee signed on to become a full-time you know, assistant coach, and and wished to take his career in the direction where he spent that much time at it, as much time as assistant coaches spend, and we all know what that is, Bob. Yeah. They show up at the rink at six thirty. They work hard. They watch film. They never go home. Sometimes uh, it's a tough job. They put in a lot of hours. If Paul point in his life and he wants to do that, I think he'd be good at it because he knows the game. He's a smart, articulate guy. No problem. My question becomes, I don't think that Paul wants to live that life, and I don't blame him. I don't want to live that life. So, you know, if he's put in a position uh, to be a consultant, I mean, I guess he'll be a good consultant. I know I'm not big on consultants. Right. I think you need to either be an assistant coach and put the work in uh, or don't. But a consultant to me is basically an assistant coach that doesn't feel like working at it, and I don't. Uh, that doesn't do a lot for me. We should mention that the LA Kings have six or seven different guys, uh, former players, assisting on the development side in their organization, not according to Jarrett Stoll. So I, I guess maybe that might be a model moving forward. Speck, thanks for joining us on short notice on a very busy day, and we look forward to touching base on Tuesday. We're going to need you because Brendan Ulrich's taking two weeks off, so this show's going to get a lot worse when he's gone. Yeah, what's he doing, going out to watch the Caps play? If he is, he better hurry and leave sooner than next Tuesday. <laughs> wow, low blow, Spec. That's not a low blow. That's high heat, brother. Hey, thanks, Speck. All right, Bobby. Take care. 152 at Edmonton will wrap up orders now after this. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. 
on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1.54 in Edmonton. Let's go to this day in Oilers history. It is brought to you by New West Travel. Again, we got a few spots left for a trip to Germany and Sweden this fall. Call New West Travel or reach newwesttravel.com. Space is limited. April 27th. Was that your mic or my mic? You had your mic hot there, bro. Uh, April, no, it wasn't hot. Uh-huh. The red light was off, Bob. You didn't uh-huh. see the red light on. Now it's on. April. By 20- the way, I was at this game. This is my first ever playoff game that I ever went to. Oh, really? This was the first playoff game you ever went to? Yeah. Wow. April 27th, 2006, the Oilers lost 4-2 on home ice to the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings tie the series 2-2. Okay. So, 06, how old were you? 16. Wow. I'm old. I won tickets, too. It was great. You won tickets? Like off a show? Yes. Whose show? Well, I probably shouldn't say on this show. (laughs) I shouldn't say on this show. Okay. Well, was it my show no. off the other station? It wasn't your show. It wasn't my Okay. Well, it's okay. Was it from the other station? <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. I can't believe they had. It must have been Jason's show. Was it Jason's show? That's Perhaps. awesome. What? That's awesome. Because yeah. he was on at like 9 until 12 back then. Yeah, so. it, was, it was nighttime. Well, there you go. There he goes. You've been a big fan of his ever since, eh? <laughs> yeah. That no, is. it was cool. Well, yeah, that was the first game I've ever went to. And then, of course... Uh, I had the privilege to cover the last playoff run, so that was cool. There you go. Uh, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, they got... Oh, did we even say the Oilers lost 4-2 on home ice to the Detroit Red Wings? Uh, Detroit tied the series April 27th, 2006. 2-2. Then Chris Pronger went into Detroit and played one of the greatest games I've ever seen as the Oilers won Game 5 and then closed it out Game 6. Fernando Pisani with two goals. Alish Hamsky with two, including the winner in the final minute and a half of the game. I'll never forget, I said uh, with uh, Mark Spector, and I think Robin Brownlee was doing our show that day, and I said the Oilers were going to win game six and Hemsky was going to score two goals. It was 2 nothing for Detroit after two. It was the only time in my life I've ever been right. And uh, at the end of the second, down 2 nothing, Terry Jones and Matheson, oh, you and your stupid prediction, Stoffer. And then uh, Hemsky scores two goals in the third period. I remember walking by them in the Oilers room, and there's a huge scrum around Hemsky. And I look over at Matheson, and he just, he just does that nod. He's just like, give me a break. I can't believe you got that right. But it was good news for the Oilers, and they knocked off the Detroit Red Wings, whose assistant coach at that time was Todd McClellan. Their video coach was Jay Woodcroft. Today, the Oilers announcing that uh, Todd McClellan officially will be back. I think we all expected that to happen. The Oilers will have new assistant coaches, as Jim Johnson, uh, who had a year left, in this deal will not be back. Uh, Ian Herber's uh, deal was going into an option year. He is going back to the University of Alberta. I would expect an announcement on that uh, very shortly. And uh, Jay Woodcroft, and we heard from Jay as well, he is going to Bakersfield. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, they've got a great Oilers now road trip to Sweden and Germany. See the Oilers play in Europe. You can visit newwesttravel.com. Coming up Does tonight- that mean we can go for uh, beers at the more often? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to open up the Pandora's box. Like, you don't open the kimono well, that way, man. That's 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 sharing too much business detail. What are you... People are going to think I go for beers with Ian. <laughs> way to go. You sold me out. Well, you're a big part of the U of A's history, Bob. Uh, so. I'm not a big part of it, but I, I, I like to... I'll forget it. Anyhow, uh, I, I have a feeling they're going to do very well. And I have a feeling Serge Lajoie is going to have a lot of interest uh, once he officially becomes a free agent as well. Tonight on Inside Sports with Dave Campbell, Oilers general manager, Peter Shirelli. And we'll replay a portion of that as well coming up on Monday's show. Uh, what else we got? Well, 
Uh, I'll be on tonight as well. Uh, Kwaku Botang from the Eskimos. Defensive end will be on with Dave, too. Okay. Brandon, I'm going to miss you, man, for two weeks. Not that nah, much. I won't be missing you. Trouble. you You're going to Mexico? Yes. Don't get arrested. Stay safe. Yeah, don't get arrested. That's all I'm going to say. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 afternoon news with Jalen and I and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody. Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.